Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. And welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. Today we have four of the Fab Five. We have Claudette, whose mission is to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow. Kathleen, Her mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. And me, I'm Whitney, and I'm on a mission to help people do work they love and love the work they do. Have you noticed how when you are in the presence of some people, your energy shifts or how do you reclaim your energy when you feel rubbed by other people's energy? Well, today is Sarah is going to lead our discussion on protecting yourself energetically. What kinds of steps do you take to protect your space and your heart? We'll be sharing the tips, tricks, and tools we use that you can use as well. Sarah, let's get this party started. Hello, hello. I am so happy to be here with you ladies and talking about this interesting topic. I recently sat with a psychic and did a tarot card reading. And in that reading, an interesting thing came up. I wasn't surprised. It was a little bit of a confirmation of things I already knew. But I had been allowing people maybe a little too close in my energetic space. And some of them, similar to vampires, were taking a little little bit up of my space and my energy. And the advice she gave was to stop it. Stop letting that happen. So what I wanted to do was really kind of open up the topic because it's not that I don't know. It's more or less that I need to be reminded today. And maybe you need to be reminded too. You know, there are rituals that I do have, especially when it comes to my home, After a gathering, you know, it can be a large gathering, even a small gathering. It could be an individual even. Maybe it's sometimes when there's a large gathering, there's lots of little energies left over from all of those people that were in the house. And so I'll do what I call cleaning or a clearing. I use sage, I use salt, I use oils, and I use my voice and my intentions. And I have a ritual that I do to cleanse, air quote, cleanse the house of anything that might have been left behind by unknowing individuals. Didn't know they were leaving anything behind, but sometimes they do. Or sometimes we do. Sometimes I do. And it can be as simple as someone just being tremendously sad 
and a little bit of that negative energy just getting left and lingering. So I'll do that. I also have done sage clearing. I really actually love San Paolo. I don't know what it is, but I prefer San Paolo, to be honest, over sage clearing. But I have a friend who's Santorini. Santir- is that Santeria? I can't seem to say it today or be confident that I'm saying it correctly. But what it is, is a religion based a little bit off of voodoo and Catholicism. And it's more of like an island type religion. And what he does is actually cleans the house with pneumonia. So all of the surfaces get wiped down with pneumonia, a pneumonia solution. And he's doing something similar in his actions, and he has a little bit of a conversation he's having around the house and a clearing and a cleaning. I think his ritual is probably just as effective as mine. And the reason I mentioned up that it was even a different ritual is because I think in my heart, I know 90% of its intention. Intention of taking action, an intention of removal, an intention of clearing and cleaning. So I think there are other ways, you know, sometimes energetically, I will just say I don't want to take on someone's energy in that moment. And I focus then on being stronger in a certain aspect of where I think they might be kind of like mooching off of my energy or, or maybe I just don't want them that close in my space. But ladies, All of you are so spiritual and so smart as well. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are around this topic and in different experiences and ways that you're using protection in your space and or in your body. I actually see it as expanding my own light energy versus protecting my energy. And so when there's a little bit about a perspective here and in, in the, like you said, it was the, about the intention, Sarah. And for me, the intention is seeing people in love, no matter where they are energetically. And I also don't see it as negative or positive energy. I just see it as heavier or lighter energy because when someone is really struggling with something, their energy is just heavier or they you know, commit a crime. And it's just like their energy is blocked. You know, their light within them is blocked. So there, that's why they seek the light on the outside. And so the stronger our light is and the stronger that we project our light out into the universe, the more love is expanded into the universe and the less likely someone can attach to us. They automatically receive it. So it's really about expanding our energy versus protecting our energy from my perspective. And how you do that is that it's really seeing yourself as that divine light, letting that divine, you know, the divine light, God light, whatever light you see it as, coming down through the crown of your head, into your heart, down through the the soles of your feet, going all the way down into the universe. And then it's like, I see a crystal um, orb, a a crystal, like a, a sparkling crystal in the center of the universe. And you're wrapping your own roots around the crystal and you're bringing that light back up. So you're connecting to the divine, the father light, the the mother light, and you're bringing that into the center of your being and you're expanding your light out. That's, I do that before I get on a Zoom call. I do that before I have a meeting with someone. I do that 
regularly throughout my day. I just breathe in. And so it can be as easy as you breathe in the light and you breathe out your light. So you continue to expand your aura. And then when I'm done, even on Zoom or, you know, on any kind of electronic platform or when I'm in a meeting or uh, using it with my clients, it's really about protect. It's not about protecting. It's about expanding your energy and seeing people as their light versus them attaching to you. So I know there's different aspects to that, and it's much bigger than just a few words. Some of the tools I use other than just that is I use crystals. So I have a crystal wand. I use agua, (laughs) agua water, and then Palo Santo and sage. And, of course, I just showed the ladies a, a new drum, shamanic drum that I just got So rattling and drumming and journaling. So there's just so many ways. And then you can also just cut the cords. If you think someone's attached to your energy, cut the cord and then fill it with your light and expand it out. So there's several ways that you can take care of yourself. More so than you're taking care of yourself, more so than pushing someone away. Yeah, yeah. And of all people, you specialize and helping people deal with trauma. So I loved your analogy around heaviness and lightness and the fact that you have these great tools and resources for grounding, such a powerful intention that you're doing and and the multiple times a day that you're doing it. I just think probably what is allowing you and enabling you to keep going and not getting stuck in someone else's energy throughout the day. I love it. Thank you. So I love it too. I think it's all about what we believe. So there's something called the law of correspondence. And what happens around us is a direct reflection of what is happening within us. This is the law of correspondence. And I remember when I used to sense and perceive energies and people and all the time. And it was almost too much. It was, you know, it was just overwhelming and too much. And I would be constantly protecting, protecting, protecting. And through the years, I can see how I've adjusted to that because, you know, rituals are used when there's a belief associated with it and that makes it work. See, what we need to understand is we, whatever, be it unto you according to what you believe, Right. And so I think there's many beautiful rituals out there that people can do to step into the belief and the knowing that they are protected because at the core of our being, in our spirit, nothing can touch us. We're literally untouchable. And but we go through experiences here in the earth, right, in the earth realm. And we go through these experiences. And to me, they're feedback. But. I realized something as that when I first started working with people it was in 2000 is when I first started working with people in the truth sessions and stuff like that. And I would do a truth session and be completely drained, tired and completely wiped out. And then I was like, oh, I need to protect myself. And so over the years, I began to understand and study needs. And I began to understand that when someone has a need that they are seeking to have fulfilled from the outside, from an outside source, 
that's when you're around somebody in it and you experience being pulled at. You experience the vampire effect, right? Like it's, it's almost like it feels like this need is insatiable. Well, the way that this whole journey is set up is the things that we do that aren't in alignment with universal law fall short. And the things that we do that are in alignment with universal law work. And so what I realized is I had a lot of clients that were trying to get their needs met through me. And so I shifted to begin to show them how to get their needs met within them. Because if we, if we get our need met within ourselves, now we're tapped into the source. We're tapped into infinite power. We're tapped into infinite intelligence. So we're turning inward for the answer. And so that's when I begin to shift and go, let me show you how to get the answer. And so what happened there is I begin to evolve and I discovered what I call source fire, which is a cleansing energy of source that purifies everything and transmutes it, neutralizes it. And I begin to work with that. And it was very interesting because I had a conversation with a pranic master healer, Master Co. And he was like, you use the fire. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, in pranic healing, we share with people what to do in the most basic sense so that if they never saw anything spiritually or did anything, they could follow the steps and cleanse. And he goes, that's why we use salt water, right? Because the salt just takes the energy and transmutes it. He goes, that's why we do those things. He said, but if you believe you can use source fire, you can. And so that's when I was like, yeah, it's be it unto you according to what you believe. And so for me, I felt like I'll I'll use source fire and I'll start to play around with that. And then I was like, I got tired of having to constantly protect myself. I felt drained. I felt, I was like, does this ever end? And then my belief began to shift to, I just am protected. I'm in a state of being protected, you know? And so over the years, I've kind of evolved with that. And it got to the point that from my experience, I just believe it's my birthright to be protected. And then if something happens, I have to look at myself first because I'm allowing everything into my experience. And so for me, it becomes feedback. It becomes, what do I believe that allowed this to manifest in this other person in my presence? And it's not even about them. It's more about me and my growth and where I'm at. And there's no right or wrong to this, right? It's just a journey of just growing and expanding. But I I believe our evolutionary process of our soul is ever evolving upward and outward. And so it's very interesting because I ran across a lady and she had a belief she had this wand and she's like, this wand protects me. And I was like, okay. And I felt it really does protect her. But my question is, if you lose the wand, do you feel protected? And to be honest, The whole ancient teaching of the wand is literally your spinal column and the energy that goes up and down your spinal column. And so that is the ultimate wand. That's the ultimate energy. You are the ultimate being made in the image of the creator. So for me, it's also fear based. Whatever you fear shall come upon you. 
right? So all to me, all these rituals and things that move you into an energy of feeling more confident, safe, and secure gets you into that state of being safe and secure. So the thing is, what works for you, right? What works for you, right? Does that make sense? Because the most important thing is that you move into believing that you're protected, you know? So does that mean you burn sage? If, if you believe you're protected when you burn sage, burn sage. But I say continually seek to know more, continually seek to evolve, expand, know more. But it's fine if that whatever you need at that moment to get into a state of peace, calmness, feeling the divine protection of God, that's what you need to do. Well, that's interesting, Claudia. I love that you said that, but you know, the way I look at it, it's not about protecting me. It's just about allowing whatever energies that may be heavier to move on out without being attached to my energy or whatever. So that's good that, that you brought up that perspective of like, you need to protect yourself or, or you just are, which is what I believe. I just believe that we are the light. And so you continue to expand that light and then I still love to burn the sage and, and the Palo Santo. And like, so where whatever heavier energies may be there, I don't have to work so hard or I don't have to work at all. You know, you just expand, like you said, you, it's, it's not about working hard. It's more of just assistance, I guess, is what I would say. All of that would be assistance to burn off whatever might be someone else's energy. I love it. So it goes back to belief. So it's beautiful. And I like, I like the smell of sage. So I'm just going to say, I just like it. I like incense. I like sage. I love walking into my space and, and smelling this beautiful, I like essential oils. I like all of it, you know, and, you know, we could go into what that means too, is certain plants and things. Everything is created by source. And certain things have different vibrations. And so we could go into that too. And I think that's why there are teachings, ancient teachings about this, because if something has a higher vibration, to burn it is to transmute it, to release that higher vibration. You know, so it's a beautiful thing. Everything is created by source anyway, right? So, yeah, I love it. And that is a really, really good point because whether you know it or not, sage is antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic, and it's in so many different religions. That's the beauty of it. So just exactly to your point, just an ancient teaching that has a medicinal value and a spiritual value to it because it does have that vibration, that internal vibration of what can make change. And Claudette, thank you so much for just sharing, you know, the very beginnings of your knowings to to your now. And and I love just hearing your growth over the last 22 years alone and, and how far you've come. So just thank you for sharing that and all of your valuable insight and tools as well. Whitney. You guys are so, the things that you do, they're things that I have never even considered. And I love how each of us has sort of a different approach, right, to the same things and then still be energetically connected. And as you guys were talking, I was just thinking about 
like the last two years, right? And sort of the global energy. And the last five years, the energy in America in particular, and how I have, and I hadn't stopped to think about it as protection or not protection. This is, you know, how I have approached being in touch with my energy and ultimately making a choice to feel how I want to feel. And for me, that's what it boils down to. How do I want to feel? How do I want to interact with people? How do I want to navigate the spaces that I'm in? And I can say that I initially sort of came to a realization about this, I don't know, maybe 15 years or so ago. And I'm sure it was happening in my life before then, but I hadn't probably put some words to the whatever it was I was feeling. And as I started to be unhappy in my work and noticing how I started to feel a way I did not want to feel when I was in the presence of other people. Right. They didn't make me feel anything, but I felt in ways that I did not want to feel while I was in their presence. And I just came to a place where it's like, well, you're the only one who can change this, right? This person is not going to change. Therefore, you expending any energy, <laughs> you know, worrying about them and what they're doing and how they're behaving that's not going to help you. So for me, it started really with taking responsibility for my energy and recognizing whether or not what was happening was serving me or not. Now, there were times when I was in the presence of someone, you know, a time or two, it sort of didn't matter. But people that I was around a lot, whether from work or family. And then when I think back on it, family and the energy that is exuded and quite frankly, energy that I have wasted over the years fretting about the dynamics of certain relationships coming to that place where it's like, you know, it is a waste of your time. It's a waste of your energy. Again, you can't change those people. So owning that, owning my own power, and then saying that I needed to do something to impact that because apparently no one else cared, right? (laughs) Which is the really interesting thing is that I seem to be the only one who cared. And if other people did, they didn't exhibit any words or behaviors that suggested that they did. So when I got curious about it, I was like, what do you want to feel? When you are navigating spaces, when you're around people, particularly those people that I am around more than others because of family dynamics or whatever, it's like, what do you want to feel? How do you want to leave those interactions so that the, and this may be an overstatement, but the stench of those interactions don't, 
don't, don't go. You're not talking about politics, me. are you, Whitney? <laughs> well, we both of us have worked in politics, so we both know the energetic feeling that we can have as we're swarming around and all of that, you know. There's smug. a stench there for sure. <laughs> There's a stench for sure. Yeah. But in that particular moment, I wasn't. But yes, I was talking more about some family people. But the bottom line was... Politics. Family politics. Family politics. Absolutely. (laughs) Is there a difference? Not really. So for me, it came down to self-care, right? What are you choosing to do? And how could I be proactive in what I was doing so that, one, I showed up feeling the way that I wanted to feel. And then when it was over, that I could still feel, continue to feel the way I wanted to feel, which meant I had to change my attitude and behavior in the midst of people. And I just chose to look at it as self-care to the degree that I can minimize subjecting myself to people, situations, I do that. I am one of those people who I am not complaining about what is happening on social media. I hear people complaining about that. I don't complain because that's not what I'm subjected to generally in my newsfeed on things, right? That the people that I'm connected to, very positive. The energies that are exuded through there, very positive. So I believe that the place to start is the place you want to end, which is ultimately how do you want to feel and then to take the steps and actions to do that. One, visualize that. I think about that. I take actions that help me get there. I will say this, some very tangible things I have diffuse essential oils. I've never done sage or crystals or source fire. I'll have to talk with you guys about that, but essential oils. And I have a, a, you know, a couple of go-tos that are, are very uplifting. And so we do a lot of peppermint and citrus combinations. And so when I walk into the house and I smell that, I feel very uplifted. And so I, I agree with Cla- with you, Claudette. It's like whatever it is that works for you and try some different things, right? Figure out what works for you and do those things. Dancing, moving helps with the energy. Sometimes it's about walking away right? In the midst of things, just walk away. I am part of a text group. These are family people. A lot of what gets shared in this particular family text group is not particularly energetically uplifting. I have it silenced. I don't let what's going on and the angst that's going on with them affect me. When I see something that looks like it's going to go down a path I don't want to go down, I just ignore it. You know, I don't engage. I don't complain. I just ignore it. And when it's something that looks like it's fun and lighthearted and I want to be a part of, I engage. And we all have that choice. And so whether you call it protecting or self-care, whatever works for you. Just decide how you want to feel. 
and then do the things that allow you to feel that through and beyond your interactions with other people. Whitney, you just brought up such a really good point about not letting other people's energy affect your energy. And I think this would be a really good example. That's why I wanted to pipe in, Sarah, is that when we walk into a room, any kind of public room, whether it's, you know, you're invited to an outing or you go into a restaurant and you just suddenly feel different, you suddenly feel either happier or you feel like, oh, I'm irritated all of a sudden. That's because you're picking up the energy of what's happening in that environment. And so it's not about protecting your energy. It's just being aware of what you're sensing and feeling before and after. And one of the questions you can ask yourself, is this my energy? And you can quickly find out. It will say yes or no, just like that. You'll know immediately. And so if it's not yours, or even if it is yours, either way, you can expand your the love, the energy that's within you and expand it out. You know, I just wanted to just touch base on, because like I said, Whitney and I both have worked in politics. We know how swampy it can feel. <laughs> um, and, you know, I used to work with someone who every time he would walk into the office, you know, he was my employee. Every time he'd walk into my office, I'd feel like, oh my gosh, what's coming? What's next? What's next? What's next? And that's when I became aware of like, I don't have to let his energy affect me. I can just be who I am. That's his energy. It's none of my business. And I can avoid, I can, it's not even avoid it. It's like, I don't need to take it on, which comes back to what you were saying, Sarah, how we started this conversation to begin with is if we had that energy of other people that is connected to us in one way or another, how can we remove it? And once we have, how can we become aware that that's happening so where we can prevent that from happening? And so it just, it, it's just awesome. I love this conversation. It brings me back to the last, the last two months of my life. It's been a lot of turmoil, family turmoil health-wise. And I let some of that energy get to me. I'm just going to like, it just is what it is. You know, so after a while, it tends to be like, okay, what can I do now? And then it's ultimately bringing forth a pattern in which I get to shift that I, how I react or respond. So sorry that I pipe in so much on this particular subject, but I just, it's just amazing to me how we have the power. We are the power. Whitney, you said that. You know, like we, we are the power. And once we give our power away, then, you know, that's when things occur that don't feel in alignment with self. The peace leaves, right? When we give our power away, we lose peace. I love that what you said, Kathleen and Whitney, because frequency is everything. So if we are in frequency with a certain energy, we perceive it. If we are not in frequency with it, many times we don't perceive it because it's just so out of our frequency. And this is how you could be in the presence of someone that's negative, but you're in a very positive frequency. So it just rolls off your back like you don't even think about it. And then the person beside you could be consumed by it and very upset over it. It's really frequency and belief. And so, and you said we're the power. Yes, we're the operant power of everything that we experience. So Freaking love that. And I wanted to add one thing. If you just start saying, I'm protected at all times, 
by the power of the Most High that dwells within me. You'll begin to shift into, if you say it enough, you'll impress it in your subconscious. You'll implant it in your, into your subconscious. And once your subconscious accepts that, it shifts the frequency, right, to where we begin to actually believe we walk around protected. And in truth, you're guided and guarded. So it's very powerful. We not only walk around protected, we walk around shining our light. So we get to choose how we want to share in the universal energy and the frequency, right? I agree wholeheartedly. So just for a little fun, I actually envision a really beautiful, clear purple ball that I'm surrounded in. It's such a beautiful color purple and it keeps me so protected through everything that I come and encounter with. So what I'm hearing today from all of you, beautiful, brilliant women, is acknowledgement. An acknowledgement that we do take on others' energies or can. An acknowledgement that we are within ourselves the most powerful in making an adjustment or correction or a brighter light out to the world and an expansion. So thank you all for sharing your hearts, your thoughts on this matter. I certainly learned a lot, and I am certain our audience did too. Thank you for joining us today, and we're looking forward to our next topic and expanding with you. I love it. Love it. And again, I always learn a lot from you guys. I am honored and thrilled that we are able to be a light for each other, but also for our audience. And if you got something of value out of this episode, and if you've got a practice of something that we haven't talked about that you would like to share, we invite you to join us in a conversation. You can join us over in our Facebook group. You can connect with us on Instagram. We would love to hear what you do to protect your energy, to own your power, and to navigate spaces in the way that allows you to be who you are fully, to feel what you want to feel. And so thank you for joining us this week for Beyond Your Best Plan. And until next time, take care. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.